Talk, the podcast all about nouns. This is a show where we interview members of the DAO and project builders in the ecosystem. I'm your host, CDT, and on today's episode, I'm chatting with 4156, the founder of Nouns. Today is the anniversary of the project, so I took some time to get his reflections on the past year. But before we talk about that, I wanted to hear about him personally. We get into his past and tease out moments of his life that would eventually lead him to creating something like Nouns. Later, though, we do get into everything Nouns. We hear about the summer before launch and how the core team came to be. I ask him about the mission of Nouns. We address criticisms. And mostly, we just look forward towards the future of where Nouns is headed in year two. There's a lot in this episode to unpack, and we get into all of it. I really enjoyed my chat with him, and I hope you do too. You can find Now to Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, 4156. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time to chat with us for a bit. I know there's a lot going on this month, and this is coming out on the anniversary. So, really exciting time. A lot's happened in what feels like both a long time and a short time. And uh, really excited to chat with you for a bit about nouns. And my my pleasure. Th- thanks for uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for starting a a nounish podcast and, and <laughs> creating a, a nouniversary episode. That, that it's all super cool. Yeah, I think this one's been in the works for a long time. I thought releasing it on the day would you know some we need some kind of festivities to kind of you know look forward to on the actual day. Uh, but before we kind of get into nouns, I'd like to ask some questions about you specifically. I'm curious to learn a little bit more, you know, about your background when it comes to, you know, technology in general. Can you tell me about one of the first formative moments when it comes to the internet or technology or where things kind of unlock for you? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I've been uh, kind of playing with computers and and just um, in, in, into all of those kind of like primitives that are, are kind of like exposed in nouns for, for a long time, um, almost as long as I can remember. I mean, I'm, I'm, old enough that, uh, you know, I, I didn't always have a computer growing up, but it, as soon as we did, um, I think I, you know, I was, I was pretty, uh, hooked on it. Um, I remember, um, a few different things like being, um, pretty young and, um, taking, uh, an, uh, an, an image, which at the time, like, you know, I, I don't even think people were, were kind of familiar with, with like, the stuff that made up an image, right? It, it was just, it was a picture off the internet. And, and I realized that you could just zoom in on it and you could see the pixels. And I remember opening the, opening the image and, and zooming all the way in. And I don't know, it might've been Microsoft Paint or, you know, an, a, another early program. Um, and, and realizing that you could kind of like manipulate um, the pixels. And, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a photograph from near where I lived. So it, it's a little bit doxy to say what it was, but essentially it, it, it was like a large, um, it was a large like banner of words. And I remember realizing that you could, you could kind of like individually edit the pixels to change what, uh, what the banner said. And I thought that was hilarious, right? That, you know, this idea that you could like manipulate the image and, and change something that looked very, uh, kind of corporate and normal to be something funny. This was actually probably like the, the precursor to, um, and, and again, this is kind of like dating myself, but like, you know, there was this whole kind of trend for a while. Uh, I'd say probably like in the late nineties where people wore these like corporate t-shirts and, but, the, but the, like the, the corporate name was like changed to be something like vulgar or funny. And, you know, this is kind of like mm-hmm. the beginning of, of the history of, of memes. 
Um, so certainly I, I think that that was like a, a formative early memory. Then, you know, like experimenting with friends on, on IRC and like, you know, realizing that you could just talk to people from all over the world and in these like very primitive chats, you know, ASL it, it kind of like causing trouble as, as like a 12 year old on, on IRC and like thinking mm -hmm. it was hilarious to pretend you were someone that you weren't. Um, I remember, um, getting a little bit older and, and, um, kind of like getting, getting my own computer, not like the, not the kind of like low powered family computer, but, but my own personal computer. I worked, um, in a kitchen, uh, for a summer as, as a dishwasher. It was like, it was a really brutal job just, you know, what washing dishes late into the night, uh, and, uh, I was saving up that whole summer to, to buy my own computer. Uh, and, and finally, you know, per making the purchase and, and installing, I think at the time it was, um, it was Quake 3 that I installed <laughs> on it, which, which was like, you know, just an absolute, like, it, 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 it kind of blew my mind. I, I think even looking back, it's like one of the moments where I think about, um, you know, like that, that real kind of emotional reaction that you can get to technology sometimes, like, you know, the, your first time, like riding in a Tesla or using Dali or, or something like that. Yeah. You know, this is like the, the most, the, the strongest experience of, of that feeling in my life was like my own computer that I'd worked like kind of like really slaved for all summer and, and, and bought. And the, yeah. then like seeing how much better the graphics were than anything I'd ever played before. That was like, that was like the moment. So I think that, that was also very exciting for me. Did that kind of push you in a different direction, whether that be high school, college afterwards? I've always been curious because um, I think most people know you for your takes, whether it be about finance or you know, leadership, business, et cetera. But I remember listening to early podcasts where you were talking about CryptoPunks and you were writing a script to like maybe claim them all or whatever. I think I've always been curious about your relationship to coding, how much you know or did or, you know, kind of were around that. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, I think I was never like, I'm not a very good programmer. I taught myself to code um, kind of post, post university, um, you know, and I, I built, I guess, some like, I'd say like intermediate level <laughs> uh, applications, one, one of which was like a crypto, crypto consumer product for a while. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like capable of building prototypes myself, but, you know, re really, I, I don't think uh, I've ever thought of myself deeply as, as like a programmer. Um, I, I, I'd say, you know, I, I had this kind of like very creative background uh, and then also like this, this kind of like two hobbies on the side, um, which, which were just like being very obsessed with, with computers and the internet and kind of like graphics on, on computers and the internet. Uh, and then also later on uh, finance. Um, which I guess started out just really as, as like, uh, a, an attempt at like a, a practical hobby where I could, I could make enough money that I wouldn't have to work for anyone else. Um, and so I, I had this like very long period, um, probably like almost, almost like a 10 year period from, from like roughly 2004 to, to 2013, where I was just like obsessed with reading about and learning about financial markets and trying to figure out something where I could, I could like speculate successfully such that I wouldn't have to have day jobs anymore. And I could like work on all this crazy creative stuff. Um, so that, you know, that, that was like, that was later, that was kind of like after my obsession with computers and computer graphics and stuff like that, um, that I just got into like reading these finance books and like practicing speculation in the financial markets. Um, and then, you know, I think I was just like very fortunate that, that, you know, put, putting in that nine or 10 years and, and, and becoming an expert in, in traditional financial markets kind of like happened to coincide with the the like creation and early history of bitcoin uh and you know 
as a function of, of the other kind of hobby or passion, which, which was doing all the computer stuff. I was working in tech, mostly in a creative capacity, um, but was around people that, that were kind of like starting to talk about Bitcoin and then the finance brain recognized that this was going to be important. Um, and then, so I started, started getting into it. Um, and then it, it just seemed like, um, all, all the blockchain stuff and the Bitcoin stuff was just like so much more interesting and so much more fruitful than, um, than everything else that I'd seen. You know, it's the same thing we experience now where it's like super clear that, that quote unquote web three is just like way more interesting and deep and, and relevant than web two. You know, some of us were experiencing this back, you know, circa 20, 2013. Um, and, and so then I just decided I, I was going to kind of focus uh, exclusively on on the crypto stuff for the rest of my career. At the time, there was no uh, sense that it could be creative, right? It was kind of finance only because things like NFTs didn't really exist. It was like, you know, it was Bitcoin and Bitfinex and, and trading and all that sort of stuff. So that, that's what I focused on. And then, you know, the, 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 what's happened in the last couple of years where, where NFTs have become relevant and, you know, the opportunity to, to, to collect punks and create nouns, you know, all, all that sort of stuff um, is, is this kind of like circling back to uh, what, what I was originally into um, and, you know, uh, just by way of being able to actually do that stuff on the blockchain now. I'm curious about this deep conviction that you seem to have had at different stages of your life. Can you attribute that to anything? Is that just, you know, being a constant learner and kind of just seeing patterns and trusting yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say like conviction for the most part comes with age. Like I, 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 uh, I think, you know, everyone struggles with, with conviction to, to some extent. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, um, I mean, in, in terms of wh why I had conviction at various points, I mean, one of the reasons I had conviction was was really just like dissatisfaction with with wanting to to work for anyone else or or like everything I'd seen up to that point. Like I I remember um, you know the first first jobs that I had like you know washing dishes or like working in a camera store like you know like the the jobs that you have when you're younger that you just do like always noticing that all these organizations were dysfunctional and just thinking it was like super odd that like the default state of everything was was that. It, it, it was dysfunctional and just thinking like, wh why don't things work? So I think when, whenever I've seen things that actually do work, I've felt like it was notable and, and kind of worth, worth looking at and, and eventually kind of going all in on. And I think Bitcoin was one of those things. I feel like everyone has those stories about those jobs. I worked at a coffee shop, same feeling, but fast forwarding to today, you have a long history with crypto. Is there any story or stories that really jump out at you that you would tell friends or your kids in the future? Is there anything big that comes to mind besides creating nouns, of course? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I was going through the the questions that you sent before the show and like tr just trying to write down a couple of notes for each one of them uh, and, and recall <laughs> recall a couple of memories. And this was the only one I, I couldn't really answer. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, I mean, obviously there's lots of notable stuff that's happened. But you know the the way you phrased the question was a story about your time in crypto that you would tell your kids, and you know I, I actually I had um, kind of pre pre nouns um, a friend and I had had this uh, company that we were doing it was a crypto company and and um, you know a, a remote company, and you know we worked on it for a few years and and one of the things I always noticed kind of like looking back was like compared to uh, my check 
tech jobs, like in, in the, uh, in, in the physical world, like it, it, it was really difficult to kind of have memories about the remote team, right? Like all, all of your memories kind of consist of, of like sitting <laughs> in front of the screen uh, and, and like doing stuff. And, and I think to some extent, like the history of time spent in crypto also sort of suffers from that, right? Like you, you can, you can remember kind of attending conferences and like, those are those are like the notable moments that you remember um but but like a lot of the things that happened like i, I don't know the, the the time we made a bunch of money doing x or like the time we lost a bunch of money in a smart contract doing y like that that, that sort of stuff um it, it doesn't feel like stuff that that will be passed on um so i i don't know what the lesson is here but you know i i do think like part of my long-term thesis for for all this stuff is that it will have to find its way out into the real world uh, and and I think that will be like a much more compelling place for it to exist, where you know m- maybe some of the crypto stories are worth worth passing on, versus just being these kind of like anecdotes from a Discord channel, you know, circa 20, 2018. Yeah, totally. And I mean, crazy stuff happens. It feels like every month in this space. I'm sure there's dozens of things that you could call out. But speaking of stories, I feel like you tweeted this meme one time about the guy in the corner of the room being like, they don't know I'm a nounder. Uh, but to that, to that end, has, have, have nouns ever, you know, kind of permeated your personal life? Has anyone ever brought it up around you or not known who you were, right? Have you ever seen nouns IRL kind of organically? Not yet. Um, other thought about that? Yeah. Like what you would do if that happens? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm. I think uh, over time, I'm. I'm becoming like less and less kind of anon. I think that's just kind of ha- happening naturally, and you know, there, I think there there are reasons to do that, kind of o- over time, because it basically it's, it's just impractical to to stay totally anon in in the long term and and kind of like continue to work on a project. Um, yeah. But but um, yeah, you, you know, I, I think you know there there are people that I know in in real life that kind of like know know that I work on this now. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, uh, there, there's, I guess, um, di- different levels of, of, of kind of like, um, communication around, around my involvement. I, I would expect that if, if someone said, uh, oh, check out this thing called nouns, I, I would be like, oh, you know, oh, I, <laughs> I, I did some work on that rather than, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm CryptoPunk4156, you know, the, the, the crazy guy making all these, like, you think you would just like, just like a stranger, just. Hey, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see why not. Um, yeah. yeah, but, but you know, I, I think, so I think one of the more interesting kind of like um, kind of t- tangential conversations around this mm-hmm. it is, is related to this idea that you can build something as like interesting and, and maybe eventually well-known as nouns effectively because of crypto. You, you can do this like from the middle of nowhere. Like I, yeah. I, I don't, I don't live anywhere exciting. Uh, and, and that's part of the reason that I don't really ever encounter anyone that's talking about things like nouns or, you know, Ethereum even, or, you know, in any of this stuff. So, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's like in, in part, it's currently this kind of like secret life, right? Like, you know, I, I, I'm in my suburban house, like in the attic, like working on all this crazy stuff and, you know, none of, no, no, but none of our neighbors are like doing crypto stuff. They all just have like normal jobs. And, and so there's no real like opportunity to have conversations about things like nouns, but I, it, it feels sort of like, um, you know, viral, I guess, in a certain way that, that, you know, out, outside of the confines of like New York city or, or like Silicon Valley, 
there are now lots and lots of people doing the same thing. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where you are, but you know, you, you might be doing the same thing. And, and I know for a fact, there are lots of, of other uh, nouners and, and kind of nouns participants who are doing the same thing. So this idea that, that like crypto is, is kind of like spreading this, this crazy cultural stuff, you know, the, the stuff that's like this, like really interesting kind of like secular cultural stuff that, that really does not exist in, in most places outside of, for example, like California, you know, the, the idea that this is like being spread all around the world and like people are, are working on this stuff, um, I think is super interesting. And yes, we don't, we don't currently encounter each other, you know, in the same small towns or cities where we live, but I, I do think it will eventually be the case that, that, uh, you know, it becomes popular enough that, that we will. Yeah. Speaking about losing anonymity or, the, or that changing over time, the idea of you maybe being anonymous until the five-year mark of nouns may be tough as opportunities grow and, and events and stuff like that happen. How have you thought about not just anonymity, but like identity with 4156? I don't even think people think about the punk anymore, right? They just, it's you. Do you think about that at all or, or do you have any updated thoughts about identity? Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about it. Um, you know, I, I think on, on, on the question of like anonymity, I think, I think anonymity is pretty binary, right? Like you're, you're either Satoshi level anon or you're docs. Like there's not really, um, there's not, not really a halfway point, which, um, I think is, is something I've, I've just kind of learned, uh, in, in the last year or so. Um, and, and so in, in that sense, like, I think you either have to be, you know, very, very hardcore and on, in which case you can't, you can't leave kind of um, contextual information about yourself anywhere. And it's like so limiting that you, you effectively can't be a quote unquote community leader of one of these projects. Like you, you have to kind of bail like Satoshi, which I don't necessarily think is the right path. So in, in, in that sense, I, I don't really consider this account anon anymore. You know, there, there's enough people that, that kind of know, know who I am and, you know, it, it, it I, I'm pretty sure it's really not that interesting. Um, there's, there's enough people that know who I am that, that the account's not really anon. Um, you know, on, on the topic of 4156, um, again, yeah, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. <clears throat> um, I guess there, there was the recent sale of, of CryptoPunk 4156 to um, one, one confirmation, the, the, the crypto fund, um, which made me think about it a little bit. And, and you know, I, I think that, that kind of like relationship between me, the individual, the CryptoPunk, the brand, and then like the NFT token, you know, that, that has like the pointer to, to, to the, the address that owns it, which is now the, the one conf address, you know, that, that whole kind of like triangle, I think is super interesting and, and just largely unexplored. And I don't know that the consequences of, of like those relationships are, are going to be clear for a very long time, right? Like does, does 4156, the punk trade at a premium to like the average ape punk because of all the memes that have been created or the brand that I, I started to create, you know, do, do my, my continued actions as 4156, like have any, any impact on, on the value of the token? Probably not, but, but maybe, um, you know, I, I think there's like lots of kind of interesting material there. I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about it. You know, for the most part, I just keep the 4156, uh, punk Twitter handle because, there's a lot of uh, kind of like pointers to it on the internet, right? A lot of links that I don't want to break. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I also think it's like, it's a little bit funny um, it, and, and a little bit of a troll, like in, in the sense that the CryptoPunks community 
thinks that or or you know certain certain folks in in the crypto punks community think that it's it's somehow like an affront to <laughs> to punks that I don't own the punk but I own the handle whereas m- m- my thesis is kind of like the polar opposite of that where I think like every single reference back to one of these NFTs makes it more valuable so that you know the the kind of like the joke is like maybe continuing to to use the uh, the punk handle, you know, and create this like additional reference back to, to the, the NFT, to the token is like, is good for it, even though everybody else thinks it's bad. Um, so, you know, no, no, like really coherent thoughts, but I, you know, that, that, that's roughly, um, I guess in, in the absence of any other input, I've, I've just kind of like kept it and occasionally thought about it. Yeah. And would be interesting if you ever, fully docs, like what that means, how are you referred to? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, my name is Christian. Everyone knows that, but I'm CDT as my quote unquote identity. I don't know. I think about it a lot. Why it matters. Is it a brand who cares? Are we conflating importance to all of this? But I, I don't know. I find it interesting. I mean, I've, so I've, I've been in rooms where I'm, I'm, I'm docs, you know, with, for example, like Nouns Foundation stuff with like the, the lawyers and, and accountants and stuff that we work with for the project. And like some of them will call me by my first name. Some of them will call me 41. Um, and it, it all just seems to work. Um, <laughs> 41. I, <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah, for, yeah for, 41 is, is, I guess, like the abbreviated version. As your first name? Yeah, yeah, that's right. 56, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's just, I think it's just a mouthful to say 4156 yeah. every time. Um, so, you know, it, it, it all just se- seems to kind of find like a, a kind of like nat- natural shelling point for, for what is appropriate in each situation. Yeah. Okay. Last question before moving on to nouns, just a generic recommendation one. I did ask the community for questions, any book recommendations you would have that you either recommend to friends a lot or that are important or impactful to you and across multiple genres, if possible, was a request. Yeah, sure. Um, It's interesting. I actually, I don't, I don't spend a ton of time like reading other than kind of screen reading these days, which, which I sort of regret. I mean, I, I think in part, I'm just really, really busy, but in, in part, I feel like the speed of the internet has sort of like fried my brain from, from reading books. So a lot of my recommendations are, are from when, when I was a lot younger, but, you know, I, I think um, w- one of the um, sets of books that's been like super impactful uh, and, and I think is like very, very relevant to anyone who is kind of attempting to do things in, in crypto um, and, and I think I've recommended it before on Twitter, certainly in, in real life to friends, um, is the Market Wizards series by, by Jack Schwager. So these are basically like interviews with, with kind of like famous uh, financial speculators. Um, and there's, I think there's like five or more of these books now. Um, and, and what's really interesting is that like each book is this kind of like volume of, of uh, interviews with, with speculators, traders, investors. Um, from like one kind of epic in in financial history, you know. So like the 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 very first book, um, I, I believe is like was in the seventies, like when when options contracts were first invented and becoming popularized, and futures contracts were being invented and becoming popularized, you know. And you you can read interviews with with people like you know Paul Tudor Jones, Stanley Druckenmiller, and like all, all these kind of like legendary traders, um, and and you can kind of like um, experience the history of financial markets through through their, their experiences. Um, and you can do this again through each, each kind of like phase of, of the history of, of financial markets. Um, and so I, I read these, I was like obsessed with these books uh, when I was trying to figure out financial markets. Uh, I, I read all of them like 
three or four times. And, you know, each, each one of them is like quite large. Um, and, and so I, I think these are just great books for um, kind of internalizing um, your own, your own kind of history of the market. So that whenever you see something new, you can say, oh, you know, this happened before, you know, in, in X form or Y form, like, for example, like the, the Luna stuff or the three AC stuff that just happened, you know, this, this is effectively uh, analogous to the, the long-term uh, capital management crisis that, that happened. Uh, I believe it was in the nineties. You know, this was like one of the first moral hazards that, that led to the kinds of like bailouts of financial markets that, that have been kind of like amplified over time. Um, so I, again, having this kind of like repository of the history of, of financial markets in your head, I think is like super, super valuable for operating in crypto um, because not, nothing's really new. Um, you know, I, I think maybe this, this one is uh, kind of more well-known kind of in investing circles, but Reminiscences of a Stock Operator is, is obviously like a very famous investing book. And what's also fun funny about that book is, you know, that this was like a famous speculator who was... Um, kind of do, doing his thing in the very, very early history of the stock market, which was like full of, of kind of like scams and rugs and, and you know, all, all sorts of um, pitfalls that, that are, are like super analogous to what, what we see in crypto. So that, you know, that, that, that one's kind of much more well-known, but, but also a good book for, for kind of understanding the, the history of financial markets. I'd say outside of the context of, of finance, probably my favorite author is, is uh, Don DeLillo, uh, who's, who's, you know, an uh, American author. Um, and he just has like a certain way of, of kind of like unpacking the world and, and kind of like reading the signs and signals of the times um, that I, I think is just like very, very insightful and, and kind of like aligned with how, how I see the world as well. You know, books like Underworld and White Noise, I think, are, are probably two, two of like the, the most notable Um and yeah, I think those are just like really interesting reads, maybe like a little bit more dated now, kind of post-internet, but but still, you know, just kind of to, to the extent that when you read something um, and and you you kind of start to 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 think about the world in in the way of the thing that you're reading, it I think it, it's just like a really um, it, it it's a nice kind of way of seeing to internalize um, and and. It, it, it's kind of fun and, and useful at the same time. Um, most re recently, just started started reading Network State, and you know, I've been been a, like a huge uh, Bology fan for for a long time, and uh, kind of li listening to, to more of his podcasts and, and reading his book as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that one too. So I totally get not having a ton of time for reading, and thanks for those recommendations. For you personally, how do you learn or take in information best? Like. Is, you know, if not books, is it podcasts? Do you, you know, read articles? Is it, you know, scanning Twitter, talking to friends? How are you staying up to date and learning? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I think like probably compared to a lot of um, colleagues or I don't know, contemporaries like in, in, in the space or in tech, like I, I'm, I'm not one of these people who's like obsessed with optimizing everything and like, you know, pruning my channels so that I'm getting like perfect information flow and, you know, all, all, all that sort of stuff. Like, I, I think one thing about me that's like been that that's worked over the years is like, um, a, a lot of just doing my own thing, like just kind of idea generation in a vacuum. Of course, it's never like a perfect vacuum. There's lots and lots of inputs around, but, but like, I, yeah, I, I'm not really like that obsessed with with like what other people are doing and, and what's going on. I think generally, like w where I've succeeded has just been been kind of like specializing in a few things, really kind of internalizing those few things. And then also, aside from that, doing my own thing. And that deep conviction. 
Yeah, I, yeah, obsession, conviction. Yeah, with, with with those 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 few verticals where I feel like I I get it more than everyone else, or you know, I, yeah. I have a lot of expertise there. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's move on to nouns. By the time this has come out, it will officially have been a year since the launch of the first option. How are you feeling? I mean, I I think I feel very good, very excited yeah. about. All, all that's transpired in a year. I mean, you know, the the Titanic meme. It's been eighty four years. Is, is <laughs> of course the one with the nouns glasses on, is is always the the thing that that pops into my head. Obviously, um, you wanted it to be great, and you assembled this all star team. I would love to hear stories about that summer. I just feel like the summer of building nouns would be very interesting. When you launched, you must have thought, what happens six months from now or a year from now. Where does it line up? What was an ambitious goal for a year from now? I don't know that we had like specific goals or like visions for where it would be a year from now. I mean, the, to, to, to your previous point, like building nouns was absolutely like a magical time. Magical, again, in the sense of re- like remote company magical, right? Like magical, it all happened in a Discord channel, magical. Yeah. And so, so like the memories of it are, are like a bit muted by that. But, but I, I still think... Um, kind of independent of that, it was this period of like just tremendous, tremendous creative output from like every single one of the Nounders yeah. that, I mean, I, I feel like personally, I, I'll never achieve again in, in my lifetime. Um, yeah. Like it, it just felt like such a special time. I, I'm not sure, actually, I've never, never asked other Nounders if, if, if they feel the same thing, but it, 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 it felt to me like it was just this magical time of, of, you know, these 10 people at the absolute top of their game, getting together with just like a ton of energy and just, you know, cranking this thing out in, in like a couple of months. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, we worked a lot on it for sure, but you know, it, it wasn't like, I don't think we were doing like hundred hour weeks or anything on it. It, it. it was, you know, it was in the context of crypto where there's lots of other stuff going on, but you know, we were all just in this discord channel jamming on this thing. Um, so I, I also think it's probably the case that like the amount of like productive output that happened, you know, relative to the, the kind of number of hours put in on it, I think was also like super, super special. Um, everything just felt easy, which I think, um, generally when expertise is happening, like that, that's, that's been one of my, my kind of feelings over the years is like when you're an expert, there's a sense in which like tremendous output feels easy. And, and I think that's kind of like what it, what it felt like when, when we were working on nouns, like, you know, to, to, to get to the nouns characters that we know and, and love today, like, you know, we, we did that essentially like in an afternoon, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, like, yeah, we, we decided kind of almost immediately between not pixel art and pixel art, um, you know, Gremlin made a couple of prototypes. I made a couple of prototypes. I mashed the prototypes together and, and drew glasses on them. Everyone was like, yes, those glasses are iconic. Let's use that. Mm-hmm. Uh, E-Boy like took it and kind of like uh, warmed it up and, and gave it that kind of like fun Yo Gabba Gabba feeling. And, and then we're <laughs> just like, you know, th- this is it. You know, I think there, there's like a message in, in the Discord channel that was like, you know, guys, it's only been 24 hours, but like, I can't imagine this not being it. So let's just do this. This not being the and, direction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we did. And again, similarly, like, the, you know, the one arm was like, we, we tried like all kinds of different configurations of arms, you know, in Photoshop, I like accidentally deleted some pixels and like put, put it in the discord channel. And, you know, we debated for like half an hour if, if that was funny or not. And I think like eBoy and, and I were, were both like, yeah, it's good. Let's do it. And everyone's like, okay, let's do it. And then, and then we did it, you know? Um, 
So yeah, I, I think it was like this, this kind of like re really, really special time. In, in terms of like how we were thinking about what it might become, you know, I, I, I think certainly we, we had kind of lofty ambitions, right? Because uh, on, on the day that the project launched, you know, I composed that that tweet saying like, you know, behold the the, the world's first infinite work yeah. of art or whatever, which which is kind of you know that that's like a pretty ambitious thing to say, um, but but at the same time, you know, when you look back at our our kind of like UI mockups uh, at at the time um, of like the the noun noun auction, you know, that like the 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 ETH prices that we have like in in the in the mockups are like you know two ETH five ETH <laughs> um, for for the noun. So I I, I yeah. don't think any of us kind of like um, kind of understood kind of how much capital, I guess, the project would attract. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think we, we, we just had like an informal kind of like betting pool going about what, what the first noun would sell for. And, you know, I think it ended up selling for like three or four X the highest estimate. So, you know, wow. I, I, I think as is frequently the case in crypto, like it, it's just very difficult to, to kind of like handicap how much capital is going to be thrown at things. Yeah. Going back just a bit, I am curious about that summer and the assembly of everything. It always felt like there was a lot of cohesion in the team. It felt like you said a lot of people at the top of their game, really smart, really competent, and everything just like just seemed to be kind of firing on all cylinders. But whether you knew all the nounders or not, what was getting everyone together like? 10 is not a small team, right? That is a lot of people to kind of manage and bring in and trust with an idea. How does that all come together? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's pretty funny. Like I essentially just created like, so maybe backing up a bit, you know, I, I had I had been thinking about for a while what what would CryptoPunks 2.0, quote unquote, look like um, and and had been, you know, kicking around some ideas with friends and and started to, to write things down. And, you know, I guess I had, had this this kind of like moment of conviction, I suppose, where where everything came together, I wrote the, the the Twitter thread that kind of like proposed what what nouns could be, and then tweeted it out. And and you know, uh, uh, right in the in the original whatever you want to call it white paper Twitter thread, um, was was kind of like asking if anyone wanted to work on on the idea. Uh, and and you know, I I think again, you know, it it, it was obviously like th that summer was a special time within our team, but it was a, a special time within the wider space where. I think a lot of people were just kind of like up up for anything, and and there were some very high quality people around that were like looking for somewhere to point their efforts. So I think that that part was like maybe a little bit of of good timing and and a little bit of luck. But essentially, like after I created the the Twitter thread, people just started DMing me saying, "Oh, hey, I I, I would work on this." Um, and and you know what one of the um, one of the like kind of heuristics I've I've used with this sort of stuff before, um, which works like surprisingly well, is like the, the first people to respond um, it are, are like the most ambitious. Like the fact that they responded first indicates some, some level of like ambition or competence to actually work on stuff. So for the most part, it was just like, if you responded quickly <laughs> uh, and, and you seemed like you were competent, like come on in. Um, that, I mean, that, wow. that, that's kind of a, a, that's a half truth because like I, I already knew like Gremlin and, and you yeah. know, so, some, a couple of the other founders, but like um, many of them, it, it was just like, hey, I want to work on this. Uh, I was like, okay, cool, C come on in. Um, I cool. think there was so there was some kind of quote unquote blind, just you know, someone kind of pitched you or or just asked. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Wow. I mean, I, I don't like the, the, the stories about this. Like, I have a couple of stories about this, but I, I don't want to accidentally dox anyone else. I know, so I know. That's why I, I, I wasn't I, even, Yeah, I won't, yeah. I, I won't share them. But, but yeah, absolutely. There, there are a couple instances of people saying like, oh, hey, I, this sounds cool. I want to work on this. And I responded and, and said like, have you done anything like this before? And they were like, sure. And I said, sounds good. And then we did it. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. That's awesome. So we've hit a year. Um, is there anything, maybe, you know, a project that's kind of developed a proposal or the way the community is kind of developed? Is there anything that's maybe surprised you the most? I mean, yeah, I, I'd say, you know, I, I think um, I've, I've covered this a bunch in, in other podcasts, but like the, the idea that we went from zero to Super Bowl commercial in roughly six months, I think was super surprising, right? Like, I, I, I think if you told any uh, of us that, you know, we could, we, we would have the nouns glasses in the Bud Light Super Bowl commercial, you know, six, six months after launch, um, you know, on the day that we launched the project, I, I don't think anyone would, would have believed you. Um, so, you know, I, I think that idea that, that, you know, if, if kind of um, the space is kind of like primed in the correct way, and, and the incentives are, are kind of correctly aligned, that, again, this, that a brand could go from, from zero to, to Super Bowl commercial, granted, you know, a very small, small piece of a Super Bowl commercial, but still, you know, I think it, ha having that, that kind of like, what, whatever you think of corporations, having that kind of like corporate seal of approval that, that like, they're willing to associate with your brand after six months, you know, I, I think that was quite surprising. Um, and, and certainly seems to indicate some kind of like tremendous amount of momentum that, that the project had and, and still has, you know, in, in just the first six or 12 months. Yeah. And I mean, it, it seems like, you know, Nouns has the potential to kind of go in every direction and accomplish a ton of things, right? I, I, I believe that as the founder, how do you kind of view your, your role? Uh, you know, uh, I think there's people that would say they would want and love a lot of direct involvement from you or the Nounders, you know, like maybe steering of the ship, but then at the same time, it is kind of interesting to see this thing run by itself and by its members and, but you are members. I don't know. How do you balance kind of your involvement from creating it, but also kind of letting it run? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I, I don't really know um, what is like the, the correct level of involvement. I mean, I, I think like, you know, the, the, the kind of like prior art on, you know, how heavily should it should a uh, quote unquote founder be involved in one of these uh, decentralized communities, protocols, et cetera. Like there, there's just not a whole lot of prior art there. Um, you know, you, you, you can like on one end, you, you might have like the, the Satoshi version where, where, you know, you, you kind of leave very, very early on in the history of the project. And I mean, I, I think maybe this is a bit controversial or, or, um, kind of, um, what, like, a yeah, th th this is maybe, maybe like a, a little bit controversial, but like, I, I feel like, Satoshi is an example of, of a founder kind of like leaving the project too early, right? That like a lot of the, the kind of like power vacuum and, and kind of like um, lack of, of kind of continued innovation in, in the Bitcoin realm is a function of like the, the lack of like someone providing that vision. Um, of course, people also kind of fault in the Ethereum world, you know, Vitalik as, as, as like being too involved or, or kind of being a centralizing force. Um, in, in, in the history of the project. I mean, I, I think time will tell which, which, is, which is the right approach. Probably some form of like progressive decentralization as the project scales is, is correct. 
Um, but, you know, I, I think it's also difficult, like if, if you can't really anticipate the, the rate at which a project's gonna scale or like the, the problems that are gonna come up for the specific project, like it, it's really difficult to know how much involvement you should have, right? Like you, you can imagine a scenario where Noun's launched and like nobody was interested in it and like all of the momentum would, would um, have to, to kind of continue to be driven by, by the Nounders because there, there would be no one else doing anything. And in that scenario, the project would die if it wasn't kind of like founder led. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the, the opposite of that is this kind of like, you know, exponential or like really rapid growth that Noun's experienced where it's like, okay, you know, there's so much going on that even as founders, like we can't even keep track of it anymore. You know, in spite of my best efforts to like read as much as possible, there's like things happening in the Noun's ecosystem that I, I, I don't know about. Um, and it's like, you know, is, is it right to comment on those things or is it, is it right to, to, um, have a say about those things. Like essentially if there's so much stuff happening and you can't kind of like have expertise in, in all of these things, you know, you're probably going to end up kind of communicating these misinformed opinions about things. If, if, you know, you, you don't have time to, to kind of dig deep on, on everything that's happening. Um, so I, I do think like that decision is, or, or that, that kind of reality is also a function of like the rate of growth of, of the community. Um, I think pr probably like, you know, b based on what we know, the, the best thing to do is is just kind of like um, be a, a very engaged observer, um, work on a couple of like small sub projects within within the 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 ecosystem that you know I think or or we think are are important. Um, you know those pieces of infrastructure that that other people might might not be building. Act as as kind of maybe like a moral uh, you know a, a kind of like moral authority or a, a, a moral like spiritual leader of of the project but you know at, at a certain point i think you can also have the expectation that like the the community might might reject you or or want to go in a direction that that you know you, you didn't necessarily ever imagine or or maybe even even want the project to go and i i mean i think on some level you just have to to be okay with that right like the the if if these projects are, are kind of like truly decentralized you know, if they're truly like, um, truly what, what, what we think they are, like really all you can do is kind of set the initial conditions. And after that, it's kind of like a function that, that, you know, is, is, is gonna, gonna return whatever it's gonna return. It, it, it's gonna, it's gonna find its own way. Um, and, and maybe there's not a whole lot that can, that can be done about that. So I, I, I think it, it, it is and, and probably will be a balancing act for, for the foreseeable future times when you want to kind of like be more heavily involved or vocal based on on certain outcomes in the project and then times where things are, are going smoothly or or the community kind of doesn't want your involvement where you have to kind of step back is that hard i think it's getting easier yeah. um you know I, I i think at first it was like you know one one felt the need to to kind of like micromanage or, or say like oh you know um it, it it's bad if uh, you know, one, one person owns too many nouns or, you know, like, I, I think we certainly had all of those anxieties, but I think as, as time has gone on, we, we've just kind of like relaxed a bit and, and just started to understand that, um, yeah, that, you know, the, the, the project is, is, uh, you know, we, we, we created a machine and, and we, we deployed that machine, but now that that machine is, is going to kind of create its own feedback loops. It's going to do its own thing. And, and, you know, we, we might not, have much control over that and effectively that that is a lot of the whole point yeah exactly exactly a good example would be the noundry right the descriptors upgradable and you know we could 
retire traits or, or add new ones. Um, I think the community kind of took that by storm. And now we have 16 amazing new traits. But also there's this like, you know, the project is now slightly community owned. Do you know what I mean? Like now there's like direct community art involvement in like the core of nouns. Just talk to me about that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think like there's certain ways in which this is like a, a counterpoint to what we were just discussing, which is that like um, we we intentionally tried to be very, very involved. Um, like the Nounders intentionally tried to be very, very involved in the artwork kind of up, up, upgrade process um, because we recognized that it was something that hadn't really been tried before. And then we recognized that it was also like very, very core to, you know, the feeling of the brand and the protocol. And, and, you know, um, that it, it was a place where it was like important to be very, very, both very, very cautious. Uh, and then also, um, kind of, uh, intentional in terms of like any, any new traits introduced, at least initially kind of continuing to, to project the same feeling of the brand, right. You, you can imagine a scenario where, where, um, the DAO has the ability, of course, at any time to, to create proposals to kind of up, upgrade the artwork. But you can imagine a scenario where, where this is happening very, very frequently and, and it's happening um, in a lot of different directions with a lot of different participants. It, it would be very easy for the, the feeling of nouns to become very uh, generic. So, I mean, I, I think this is a place where, there, where there's this kind of like interesting tension um, between you know, the thing that's like maximally valuable and the thing that's maximally decentralized. Of course, the, the DAO always has the option to say, okay, you know, we, we don't want, you know, Gremlin and, and, you know, 4156 or whoever to, to like be creating the artwork anymore we, we, or, or curating the artwork anymore. We want the community to be doing that. Um, but, I, you know, I think there's a possibility that, that that initial kind of like feeling of the artwork get, gets lost if that happens. Um, and again, this is something that's just like very new and, and hasn't really been tried before. So it, it's something we're still learning about as we go. Um, so this year, we, we uh, what what we attempted to do uh, in in kind of collaboration with the community was have have a lot of um, community proposed traits, uh, and and then essentially have like a small quote unquote Nandri committee um, that that would kind of uh, curate and then also sort of like modify or or improve upon what was submitted to make it feel like it kind of like fit into into the rest of the collection, um, and you know I, I think. Um, we have some takeaways from from doing that that we're we're still sort of processing, um, but for the most part, it, it it felt like it was pretty successful. Um, I believe there were uh, 500 or more kind of like traits and heads submitted by you know dozens and dozens of artists, um, and you know we 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 took our time to to really kind of like narrow them down to to just uh, a few kind of uh, uh, really nice additions to the collection. Um, in general, I think it, it kind of remains to be seen, like how does the DAO want to use that that kind of like up, upgrade ability of of um, of the NFTs? You know, th this is something that um, I think really probably versus any other existing NFT project is is very unique to Nouns, right? Like the idea that you own an NFT and that the community can can vote to change what it looks like on you um, is is uh, both like novel and powerful and and also potentially kind of risky. Is there a situation? that would call for ever retiring a trait in your opinion? Yeah, so I, as I understand it, um, the ability to retire traits was, was just kind of added in, in the most recent uh, descriptor upgrade. Um, and yeah, I, I can fully imagine uh, scenarios where, where, DAO, where the DAO would want to retire a trait. 
I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the kind of important creative ideas um, that exists with, within these kind of, uh, you know, generative art collections um, that that is probably not widely known yet, but might be in, in time, is this idea of, of aesthetic volatility, right? That, that like, you, you can have a collection where all of the kind of outputs of the traits look very similar, or you can have a collection where all of the outputs of the traits look very different. And it seems to me that, that the more traits you add, um, the more kind of uh, aesthetic volatility you add. Um, and and th that th there's probably some sort of upper limit there, right? Where like you, you can just like no longer add traits um, or, or, you know, it, like different glasses or heads or shirts or whatever, and, and still have them all look good together. So it, it's probably the case to the extent the DAO wants to like continue to evolve how the collection looks, that it will be important to kind of like remove things from the descriptor as well. Otherwise, you're just going to have too many kind of like incompatible, you know, m mashings of, of the various traits. Um, so for that that reason alone, I, I would think it would just be like very practical to remove traits. I mean, you know, wh whether the, the DAO decides for other reasons to remove traits, like something is out of fashion or, um, you know, it, 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 it's seen as offensive or irrelevant or whatever, um, there, there might be reasons to do that as well. Um, and, and of course, there, there are these kind of like interesting implications for the owners of, of those specific uh, NFTs, because un unlike kind of um, up upgrading or improving upon a trait, like we did um, with with the uh, the multicolored glasses, where where we kind of um, fix them for all of the existing owners, right? That that doesn't really kind of affect um, rarity, although it, it does have its own kind of implications for for owners. But um, retiring a trait actually might be something that um, is 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 desired by by owners of that trait. Um, or, or maybe not desired by, by owners of that trait, um, because it, it will kind of like impact, you know, how quote unquote rare the, the, the NFT is or, or the noun is. Um, I, you know, I, I think over time it will probably like, we'll realize that that sort of like trait scarcity is probably like less important than it is today, that, that like m most um, things will be judged by the collection, not by like the specific instance of the collection. Um, but, you know, I, I can see how it would be relevant for sure. Yeah. And I know there is no inherent rarity, but it is funny as we're approaching a year. And I mean, people were thinking about noun 365 as a year when, you know, it doesn't really work out with noun or nouns. But I did hear several people talking about wanting to get nouns within the first year, which is something I hadn't thought about the inherent rarity is the lower the number noun, you know, this is the last two digit noun, this is the last sub 1000 noun, et cetera, et cetera. But the, but the idea of like nouns and their years and history of like this noun was the, was a first year noun. Um, I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. I, th I think, well, I mean, I think we were kind of intentional in, in saying that like um, if, if, if we kind of like de-emphasize rarity in, in the collection, like the novel thing about this project is, is kind of like the time-based distribution. And so the timestamps will, will sort of like become the things that people prioritize um, when they're collecting. Like that, that, that was a, an intentional decision. And I, I think there's lots of ways to, to think about, you know, how those timestamps matter, right? So yeah, uh, the, the most obvious one is like, what, you know, what is the idea of your noun? Maybe lower is better. Um, and, and certainly like that kind of like aligns with, um, a certain like cultural property of, of like having been a member for longer, right? Like your, your ID number is lower. Um, 
and and you know of course we're seeing this sort of stuff start to play out with like ENS um, uh, you know th two and three digit um, um, dot dot ETH addresses. So you know I, I think there's there's kind of precedent for it. But then you know there's also um, other kind of ways of thinking about the timestamps. So like you said, is it in the first year? I also think like specific dates are interesting. So I've seen a couple of references, I believe to, um, I think it's Rack, R-A-C, the, the, uh, the DJ or, or musician uh, owns the, the toilet paper now that, that was minted on Christmas day. Yep. Um, and, and so, you know, it's like, is, is it a Christmas noun? You know, maybe Christmas nouns fetch a, a premium or Halloween nouns fetch a premium. Um, or, you know, maybe, you know, God forbid there, there's some other kind of like very, uh, you know, significant kind of like geopolitical event that happens. And, and, you know, it's when, like when, the when the merge happens, the merge now, the merge, yeah, the merge now. Yeah. Yep. That's a more positive example of it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think there, there are, um, there are kind of interesting use cases, uh, around kind of the, the, the timestamps that go, go beyond the IDs. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't I haven't given as much thought to individual dates, more of like, you know, periods of time. But um, yeah, that is interesting. And again, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the toilet paper noun, the Christmas noun, also was the first in production FOMO minted noun. So um, I think that's pretty interesting. You know, I I think like all of this sort of speaks to to like the the larger question of like what 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 are nfts like what are we doing here yeah. you know if, if if we're we're kind of like in the business of of like hanging out on the internet and and like producing um producing internet culture and, and internet cultural artifacts then all of these sorts of like moments of of like nouns history or crypto history or whatever um do do matter right it, like that that kind of like attention or or um that that event is in some way like encoded in into the nft yeah. And so on the note of what are we doing here, why is it important for nouns to support public goods? You know, the idea of nouns, everyone talks about the proliferation of the meme, but kind of the other side of that coin is to fund public goods. Yeah, I think it's super interesting and, and like complicated and subtle. And, you know, I just spend a lot of time like trying to articulate these ideas to myself. Like, I, you know, I, I think like the most basic version of the answer to that question is just like, you know, the the argument you hear sometimes where someone's like, oh, you're a libertarian, you know, who, who's going to build the roads? You know, I, I, I think like the first answer is that in the long run, if if we like really think this tech can kind of, you know, kind of replace the state, you know, that the, the blockchains are are like the next iteration of of, of the state then probably someone has to demonstrate that we can perform the functions of the state, right? And, and probably not just on par with the state, but like a whole lot better than them. Um, and, and so that, you know, that we, we have to build the roads, right? Um, and, and maybe nouns are the mechanism for funding building roads. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's probably one of the first reasons. Um, I, I think it's also probably the case that crypto as a whole won't be widely adopted until it stops being made up of, of like sub communities that benefit from um, negative externalities. What I mean by that is like a lot of the, the crypto communities um, that where people have kind of like made a lot of money from, from participating in those communities, you know, it, it, it's really, it's been kind of like this like in group that has, has benefited and like dumped something on outsiders. 
right? So, you know, if, if you were like, uh, uh, I don't know, I, I guess I, I won't like name a specific token, but everybody in the space knows that there are like lots of examples of, of these kind of like in-groups that, that benefit from, you know, big, big kind of like run-ups in price and then essentially like convincing everybody that their token is the future and then essentially like distributing or dumping on them and, and all those people lose money, you know, and, and, and it's the in-group that benefits. And this isn't just like pump and dump groups. This is like whole whole currencies, right? And and you know certainly I think that that is one of the criticisms that that people outside of the space kind of like, you know, have of, of the space. And you know that you, you can kind of argue that this um, this idea um, in in its in its like largest and most problematic form um, it, it is like centered around proof of work, right? And the idea that proof of work kind of benefits the community of, of, of Bitcoin owners at the expense of, of everyone else, right? So like Bitcoin owners, um, yes, sure, they, they, have, they have like sound money, but they, they, um, the, the reason they have sound money is because they, they generate a whole bunch of, of like energy waste and like externalize that, you know, on, on other people who don't own Bitcoin, um, but, but also have, have like, you know, the, the, the negative effect of, of all of the, the kind of CO2 or like energy waste that, that Bitcoin creates. Right. So I, I think this idea that like, um, in the long run, crypto won't, won't be like widely adopted until these communities stop, stop benefiting from these negative externalities is, is probably right. And so what, what we need are communities that are, uh, that are like meaningfully beneficial to non-owners, and I, you know, I, I think you can you can almost go as far as arguing that like, un, un, like pre-merge, this is impossible, um, because w whatever kind of benefits these communities can create, like sound money, for example, like the the, the fact that it, it you know takes burning all this electricity to to secure them, like still kind of put, pushes them into into negative territory. And, and so like, it could be the case that post-merge, you, you now have for the first time these blockchains that are like neutral enough that there are communities that, that can push them like very, very like plus EV for non-owners, right? So like something like nouns existing on Ethereum, okay, now the base layer is neutral and nouns could, could actually, you know, use all of the, the value in the treasury um, to, to fund public goods, to, to like do good stuff in the world. And and for the first time, you know, crypto starts to look like something that, um, like, more than a small subset of people can get behind, right? And and um, I I think this this is is maybe like the most important way to think about why we should be funding public goods. It's it, it's like it's a scaling mechanism for crypto, and and if nouns are the ones that fund the public goods, and nouns are 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 you know we're we're the community that that kind of like. Um, uh, permits this to scale or, or like um, catalyzes the scaling, the nouns become the, like the noun NFTs become this like important cultural artifact um, that, that kind of like captures all of this stuff that's happened. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I think it, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's difficult to think about, but I, I do think in, in the long run that there's truth somewhere in there. And, and, and that's one of the reasons that we should be uh, supporting public goods. Yeah, this is this is something you know I think about a lot. Um, I read every proposal I'm, I'm around, and and obviously very excited about nouns the project, but you know also primarily excited about its potential, right? Of where it can and will go, not for its own sake, but 
you know, kind of for the sake of others, for the sake of the community at large, kind of everything you were touching on when it comes to proliferation and funding public goods. Is the fact that nouns funds something proliferation enough, like in and of itself, like it only matters that the roads get built, right? Or does there need to be kind of some obvious tieback or promotion, right, when it comes to certain things? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I think it, it largely comes back to like what makes the project s- sustainable in the long run. Um, and and that, that probably changes like throughout, throughout the history of, of the project, like, and, and um, you know, uh, d- depending on, on the profile of, of nouns as a whole, right? So like probably at, at this point in history, if we spent 100% of the treasury on funding a road and, and that road didn't have pictures of nouns on it, nobody would know that we funded the creation of the road. We would have spent the whole treasury and, you know, there, there would probably be very little opportunity to kind of like replenish the treasury to, to do more in the future. Okay. So probably right now we shouldn't fund roads with no pictures of nouns on them. Probably realistically we <laughs> or we spend all fund... the treasury on one <laughs> on, thing. On, yeah, yeah, exactly on on roads with pic- pictures of nouns on them. Um, but you know you you can kind of like extend that to to something that is a bit more realistic, and and um, so it, it it's probably the case that a lot of the activities that we do now that are are kind of like more focused on on kind of like promotion and maybe a little bit less focused on like actual physical infrastructure building. Like to, to the extent that nouns themselves are kind of public goods, right? Like that, that the NFTs exist and it, like the artwork exists in the public domain, all of the, the project infrastructure is open source and other people can use it to create other instances of nouns and, and, and or, or like nounish distribution mechanisms and all that stuff might be valuable. Like the, the act of, of just kind of like marketing the project is sort of the act of, of like public goods funding or, or proliferating public goods. I think certainly there will be a point in the history of the project where like that's no longer sufficient and we have to move on to like actually doing like more concrete stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's like for, for a much, much later um, kind of phase. And, and so I, I think there, there's kind of like a, it's, it's it, you know, it, there, there, are, are, there are stepping stones. It's, it's kind of like a graduated process where right now we focus kind of more on marketing the fact that nouns are public goods, and then we kind of transition to to um, you know fu- funding public goods that have kind of like the nouns nouns branding or nouns kind of you know uh, brand quality, uh, yeah. and then eventually maybe you could imagine in a scenario where the project is is kind of like mature enough, um, we we don't have to include nouns at all because it's just like widely known that nouns yeah. did did X or Y. Um, so I I think that that's that's maybe how we can think about it. Yeah, that's that that's something I've I've kind of uh, mentioned um, several times before, uh, because, um, yeah, I think that's 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 a point people constantly bring up is that. Uh, here, I'm going to take a second because this was something I wasn't even gonna. I I I can edit this out. I wasn't going to necessarily bring it up, but um, but can lead into it. Um, as we're about to talk about the the bear case for nouns, people talk a lot about um, proposal quality, right? Um, so I was um, here, I'll just ask it. And then if you don't want to address it or whatever, that's okay. Um, yeah, so that's something I bring up with people because I think personally, one of the most frequent criticisms I hear are, all these people, all this talent, all this art, all this ETH, and 
why haven't they quote unquote done anything? Why are all the proposals bad or whatever, you know? And so on one hand, there's like brand building that is important, which is why you see a lot of the proliferation, less of the quote unquote, like public goods funding up front, because like you said, you can't build the one road and, you know, spend it all there. There's a lot of like fortifying that needs to, to kind of happen. If I had to think of the public's criticism, people outside the community, that's like the one I hear pretty much verbatim every time is why aren't they doing anything? Why the, why is the proposal quality low? Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose it, it, it's all relative. I mean, when, when I look through the proposals and I see, you know, there's, there's uh what, like a hundred, 120 proposals and, you know, not 98% of them have passed and in, in, in process right now, you know, we, we have like, uh, a, a documentary from uh, you know the 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 makers of Robot Chicken, um, you know we, there, there's there's now two nouns iOS uh, apps in the in the Apple App Store and like they're actually pretty good and you know how, how difficult it is to make a, a good app if you've ever tried, um, you know like the, the the participation in the Super Bowl commercial, you know I I think there actually has been like a lot of interesting stuff that that has happened, um, of course like. Yeah, it, it it you know we're we're not funding roads, we're not establishing you know countries, we're, we're we're not we don't we don't have like a feature film in the works, but I I think all that sort of stuff, you know, to the extent that that is the goal, it it takes time, you know, it takes time to get the flywheel going, um, you know, I I think um in, in, throughout kind of crypto history, there's lots of lessons that you know c- centralized teams kind of uh, move, move faster, but if you can get the sort of like user generated content or, or the decentralized flywheel going, then in, in the long run, it can just be like orders of magnitude larger and orders of magnitude more interesting. Um, and, and I think, you know, we're, we're just in the early stages of, of getting the flywheel going, right? Like to, to the extent that, you know, maybe it's excessive to, to try to compare nouns to something like Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, but, you know, if, if, if this uh, becomes what, what, we think it has the potential to become, which is maybe some kind of governance layer for the metaverse or, you know, some, some very, very like globally established important thing, then maybe that com- comparison is warranted. You know, it, like Bitcoin was, was effectively like invented in, in 2010. It got on, on people's radar about three years later, Ethereum, you know, launched 2015 really probably got on people's radar about two, two and a half, three years later with, with, you know, all, all of the, the token stuff that happened. So I mean I, I think these things take time and and nouns are currently again just just uh, have 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 as of the air date of this podcast have have just completed their first year. So yeah. if you look at look at the growth, you know not even in in the first year, but in in yeah. like the back half of the first year, and like you compare the proposal quality and ambition in in like you know the 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 second uh, group of six months to to the first. Um, and you, you can just see like so much growth there. And so if you, I think if you extrapolate that forward to two or three years from now, it, it doesn't seem improbable to me that, you know, the, the, the treasury will be an order of magnitude larger and the pro- proposals will be an order of magnitude more ambitious. And we will be, will be seeing things that, you know, that can appear on Netflix or, you know, uh, kind of penetrate the mainstream in, in a much more significant way. Yeah. I think it was Will Price who said, we're playing long-term games with long-term people or long-term thinking, you know? And I think that rings true here. And for what it's worth, you know, I I kind of feel the same way. This is just a time thing. There's only so many members. It's only been a year and I think there's time. I also don't know that enough people 
understand maybe how open it is the fact that anyone can come with an idea bring a proposal like anyone in the public could come and say this should happen and it only takes a noun owner to sponsor it and support it right and so i think there's some education and i think there's just some time to help the community at large deploy this capital yeah i i, I think that's right i mean i i also think like it doesn't matter that much what what the naysayers say you know like in 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 crypto everyone or, or maybe just in generally like everyone always has an opinion but what what matters in in the case of nouns is like what what are the opinions of the people with with the skin in the game right like what what are the noun owners voting to do uh, and and as long as um they they have the vision and and, and the conviction um and and as long as uh we can we can kind of like attract people that that want to convince them to to deploy the capital to their thing then it it will continue to work and it will continue to grow yeah yeah i agree with that so you know, in wrapping up, I'm curious if there's anything that you'd want to say to everyone or wish that everyone got about nouns, something you kind of wish you could throw up on a billboard or get everyone to understand. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think I think there are different things for people to to understand, like within within the community and and outside of the community. And again, this is this is not, you know, this is not a proclamation. This is this is just just my opinion about what what I think could work and could could absolutely be wrong but you know like i i think outside of the community it, it, it's pretty straightforward it's just the case that um we just need people to to learn about this and understand what it is and i think we, we've seen pretty convincingly that like most people that actually spend the time to understand what it is and how it works like I, either fall in love with it or or get it or you know if if it uh, if they reject it you know there's just not that many people that that reject it or or um, dislike it just based on, you know, the, the charm of the characters and the, the kind of like op open nature of, of the project. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't think there's like a whole lot, um, that I can communicate here that, that like, you know, people outside of the, of the nouns community, um, need to understand. I think that that's the, the, the job of nouns is, is to like help them understand, um, you know, within the community. And, and again, this is not, this is not super, super high conviction, but, um, I think it's something that I've said a few times and, and I, I feel somewhat strongly about, um, which, which is that like, there's there, it, it could be the case that um, nouns kind of like filter for, um, for people. Well, it, it certainly, it is the case that nouns uh, kind of filter for people with a lot of crypto. A lot of the people um, with a lot of crypto at this point are people that kind of like earned it or, or kind of like accumulated it in the DeFi world. Uh, and and I think um, among among noun owners who who can come from a DeFi background, there, there's a certain um, quality of, of of like kind of wa wanting to to um, optimize a lot of like small stuff on chain to 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 try to uh, try to kind of like squeeze out the juice, right? Like, should should we implement rage quit? Would that make nouns like? so much better or you know should, should should we you know stake the treasury in x or y or or should we own x token or y token or or invest in in, in x or y um and my sense is that 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 kind of like crypto native DeFi sort of like protocol level optimization trading investing speculating all that sort of stuff 
um, is, is, is probably like, um, not nearly as high leverage as, um, thinking about nouns like a Hello Kitty or a Disney, um, or, or, you know, like th this kind of like novel work of art, um, that, that has these special properties that it, you know, it can also do stuff in the world and fund public goods and, and fund all these, all these different sorts of projects. Like if, if you look at the scale of something like Hello Kitty, you know, like the, the total known sales for the Hello Kitty brand are like 50% of the Ethereum market cap, <laughs> which is huge, right? Like the, these brands can have just a tremendous amount of impact. And so, so the idea that like a lot of the activity that the noun owners do or like governance is fo focused on the idea that like a lot of this activity is, is focused on, on kind of like crypto style or like DeFi style optimizations, I think might miss the point in terms of like what, what this could be. Um, and, and, you know, even if the, the long-term goal is, you know, governance layer for the metaverse, you know, public goods funding, like in, in order to get there, um, the, the, the kind of awareness around the project and, and, you know, like the, um, the, the, the scale of everything, you know, it, it, it has to achieve that sort of like Hello Kitty Disney scale, um, it, it, as a brand, as a meme, as, as like, you know, uh, a, an object in the world that, that, that people care about and can do stuff. Um, and so I, th I think probably within the community, like one of our goals should be to, to, um, think about nouns more like the next Hello Kitty than the next, you know, like compound or the next, I don't know, uh, Uniswap and, and that like a lot of the upside will come from, from kind of focusing on what nouns mean to people and, and kind of like educating them that, that they exist and, and kind of like exposing them to, to what this is rather than, than doing these kinds of like insular activities that, that only other, other crypto people care about. I think that's a great place to wrap up here, looking towards the future um, for, for year two for nouns. I did have one more fun question. I got to ask you about the cryptos tweet, talking about how at some point in the future, I think you joked, or maybe you were dead serious, <laughs> said maybe like November 2027, but but this idea that toads will be more expensive or will flip board apes at some point in the future. I was wondering if you could unpack that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, I think that that tweet is like probably what 40% joking and 60% serious. Um, I, I think. I, I, so the, part of the reason for the tweet was ju just like the crazy Delta that existed at, at the moment I made it. And that was the reason I made it then, right? Like board apes, I think at that point, and probably still were, were worth like, or are worth like a hundred X more, like, you know, the, the, the total collection value is like a hundred X higher for board apes than, than, than for cryptodes. Um, and I, I mean, whether or not it flips, I think, you know, that, that gap will, will, will close significantly because I think what, what that bet is, is it's an articulation of the thesis, um, of, of what all of this is about. Right. And, and that what, what all of this is about is, is this kind of like very internet native, unencumbered, uh, user, user generated content or, or this, this very crypto native and, and, and un, unencumbered, these unencumbered primitives, right. That, that like anyone in the world can build stuff on top of, um, and, and 
you know, th this in a sense is like, um, cryptodes are are like the counterpoint to bored apes. Bored apes are kind of um, are orchestrated, organized, created by uh, a corporation. They're, they're kind of like tuned to be something that appeals to the mainstream um, much more so than, than internet natives. And I think toads are the opposite of that, right? To toads, toads are like the vision of, of like a fellow internet geek, you know, just like in the same way that nouns are like this, like love letter to the internet. I, I, I feel like cryptodes are, are like a, a gremlin love, love letter to the internet. You know, if you look at them, they're like, they're just so weird. They're so gnarly. Like they're, they're, they're so beautiful, but like to appreciate the beauty, you have, you have to like stare at them for a really long time. Like the, the longer you stare at a board ape, like sort of the uglier it becomes, but the longer you stare at a crypto, the more, the more beautiful it becomes. <laughs> and, 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 and I think like, you know, that, this thesis is like the thesis that the weighing machine at some point will show up and that the, the things that we think are important about the internet, about kind of openness and user-generated content and, and the ability for people to, to kind of like build on things that are, are novel and interesting and cool and aggregate attention, like that, that, that this will, will actually happen. Um, this isn't really, really to, to like disparage board apes. Like I, I think, you know, obviously that, that company just in terms of execution is super, super impressive. Um, you know, their, their ability to scale has, has, has really kind of like, um, outmatched out, out like any, any expectations for people that people had for, for what would happen there. But I, I think the point is that, that, that kind of, um, you know, corporate VC centralized scaling will eventually hit a ceiling and the, the sort of like this, the CC zero, like user generated content ethos hasn't even really like started to pick up momentum. And, and when it does, I think it's possible that, that that momentum will carry it to be something that that's like much, much more significant in the long run. Yeah, I got nothing else to say. <laughs> I love the toads, I agree with you. I, yeah, I never took it as disparaging more as a lot of love and a lot of trust in the, that project and where it would go. Yeah, and you know, but, it, it, yeah. It, it almost, it doesn't even have to be trust in, in the project. Like the, the, the project it's, itself, the, or like the, it. the community of itself, one yeah. of the interesting things about Toads is like that community, I think turned out to be like a little bit dysfunctional, right? Like yeah. not, nothing has really happened there. But I think the point is that as long as those primitives exist on the internet in, um, in, in a way that people can build on them, and as long as they're like beautiful and they have a ton of heart, you know, the, the internet is this like machine for discovering value and, and it will eventually discover it and, and it will eventually like pr propel them to, to be something really, really significant. You know, I, I, I think there's there's kind of like flavors of, of like Pepe the Frog in, in the Cryptodes collection, right? It's like this thing that that like might might be misunderstood for like five years or 10 years, but like eventually it, it, it will be appreciated and, and it will be important. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking some time to chat with us and just really appreciate everything you've done and really excited about where we're going. My pleasure and, and happy now anniversary. Happy now anniversary. Alrighty, talk soon. Okay, cheers. Thank you. <laughs>